You're listening to The Shine Podcast. Whether it's business or personal growth, we believe in shining bright, encouraging women through conversations, tips, tricks, and resources along the way. Keep shining with host Shauna Starr, business owner, photographer, pink hair enthusiast. When she's not working, you can find her at the gym, the beach, or with her little dog, Murphy. Hope you're ready to smile, sparkle, and shine. Money management. What does the Bible say? Okay, so I'm going to tread very lightly in this as we chat through money management and what is biblical. I'm saying that because I am still learning, and although I'm doing some digging and researching and a lot of studying, if there's something more that I'm missing, please feel free to reach out so we can have a real and honest conversation about God and money. And feel free to correct me as well. I am here learning alongside of you. And there will be multiple episodes about this topic because I think there is so much more to continue to learn and hopefully have that feedback from you as well. So I'm not here as a master of theology or some high form of knowledge. I'm simply wanting to have conversations, grow, and learn alongside of you on this very sensitive but important subject and to hopefully encourage us to all be better with our money and want to learn about it and not just see it as an evil object but simply as a way to exchange, something to have good stewardship in and to give back as we are called to do. And I know that especially for women in marriages, they tend to not know all of where their money is going because the man takes care of it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you should also know about where your money is going and how to help your family grow. Let's start with this verse, that every good and perfect gift is from above. And let's have that kind of as the overarching verse for today's chat just because I think everything that is given to us is a gift, and I want to kind of encompass that as we speak today. So specifically, I'm talking about God today, but if you want to say universe or higher being in general, that's fine. Just know that I will be quoting scripture today. Money is a good gift and a terrible master. This is actually a quote I saw recently online, and I just had to reshare it. It is so true that if we allow it to be a gift, we work for but give back, invest wisely, and learn about it so we can control growth rather than it can control us, it can be a beautiful gift. But like that quote says, it's a terrible master. So if every good gift is from above, then what we do with those gifts is stewardship and if we grow them and utilize them. That's how they're meant to be used. So throwing a gift away or spending it all, I wouldn't say is a good steward of a gift, but allowing it to grow and utilizing it is. And like any other gift we receive, we want to use it to its potential, not sweep it under the rug and pretend like it's not there, like it doesn't exist, and not learn how to use it in the best way possible. So before I move on, the reason I'm treading so lightly is I found that Christians tend to be real weird about money. Not all of them, of course, but I've come across some very odd conversations because of money and God. A lot of people tend to not want to talk about money anyway, but they don't want to be open about it and specifically numbers and afraid of if they do act like they want to learn more about it, that they're actually in love with this money and not with God. And they're afraid of looking greedy. And it just tends to be this hush hush and very uncomfortable thing when people want to talk about God and money. And I think part of this stems from this quote we often hear, that is, money is the root of all evil. Therefore, we shouldn't want it, desire it more, or talk about it too much, just in case it really is the root of all evil. 
But we need to quote that verse much more clearly because in 1 Timothy 6.10, it actually says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It doesn't say money is the root. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Very different meanings, which already is a breath of fresh air, I think, and a sigh of relief that can happen because money in itself isn't evil. It's simply an exchange and money in itself is not inherently good or bad. It's an object, a means of exchange. It can't be anything other than what it is, but it can mean something different to you if you let it. It can be elevated into something it's not if you let it. It can become success, security, joy, self-worth, love, if you let it. That verse also specifies to say some people erred in faith after their love of money. With just take that little breath of fresh air again. It's like any other idol that we're called not to have and money shouldn't be an idol. It doesn't mean we can't use it and be wise and be smart with the gift we're given. It just shouldn't be elevated up to where God is in our lives. Already, let's take a very quick break before we dig into five things on how to be wise with your money. Can we talk about how the new software I got is actually helping me be wise with clients and bookings? HoneyBook has already been such a great tool for me, from contracts and all-in-one project management system to invoicing, adding right to the calendar that even my assistant can see, and getting paid more quickly with this tool. It has allowed me to be more intentional in getting to my clients with a more clear proposal for our session. It's not just for photographers. This is a great software for any person with a business who wants to have everything in one place more professionally and easier to manage. And now I can offer you guys 50% off your first year on HoneyBook by going to the show notes today and clicking on the referral link. So head to devistaphotography.com slash shine podcast to go get that referral today for 50% off of HoneyBook for your first year. So let's chat about five different ways today that we can be wise with our money. Number one, tithing. This is a biblical reference that means 10% and giving back to God the gift he already has given you. However, if you're not part of a church or don't believe in God, I still know plenty of people who believe in giving back to charities and organizations because it's on their heart and they see how positively it impacts others as they've been given much. And the reason for giving isn't to receive, but even the people who don't believe in God see that the more that you give, often it brings blessings. So pick an organization. And when I'm moving, I've moved to five different states. When I'm moving, I have picked dog shelters in the meantime to give to. And that's a great place. Think of something that you love and want to give money to and start there. However, we are called to tithe to the church. So I will say that one more time. So tithing is one way that we can be wise with money and we're called to give this back. And even though it seems counterintuitive, you can ask most people about giving back that how ironically, or maybe not so ironically, that they're blessed tenfold when they're tithing. Tithing is saying to God that you honor him and you're honoring what's already his. In Proverbs 19.17, it says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. And again in Proverbs eleven twenty four it says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds, and he shall give, and only suffers. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. 
We're called to do this because it's a gift that's already his and calls us to be disciplined with that gift. So if you haven't been tithing, I really do hope that you'll pray or meditate and start to give. It's so hard to always explain this, but I've seen firsthand people who give big and then get big. And it's part of that giving with a cheerful heart and being disciplined that you then will be blessed. Way number two to be wise with your money is getting out of debt. The Bible actually has a lot to say about debt. So if I haven't talked to you already in person enough about saving or paying off debts, let this just be one more reminder for you. In Proverbs 22.7, it says, The borrower is a slave to the lender. When you are in debt to another, you enter into a slave-master relationship with your creditor. It also says in Romans that pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And in Psalm, it says the wicked borrows, but does not pay back, but the righteous and generous and gives. And one more in Ecclesiastes 5.4, it says it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. So it doesn't exactly say, by the way, that debt is a sin, but it's used as a metaphor several times for sin, like the choice to sin and the choice to go in debt. But it should be noticed that debt prevents rest, compromises ability to provide and be generous, and conflicts with that hardworking mindset. I'm not going to go too much into that right now, although I think it would be a great next episode. But much like I said, our choice to sin, the choice is to go into debt, and it's the short game at the expense of a long game. So do we have debts? Most of us or a lot of us listening probably do. But making it a priority to get out of that debt, remove it, to pay back, to move forward is part of that instruction and how to be wise with your money. Which leads me to number three is listening to instruction. We may be blessed with much money or little, but regardless, we are called to give back. In Proverbs 3.18, it says, Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. In Proverbs 15.22, it says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And also in Proverbs, it says, Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So we have instruction directly from the Bible and we choose not to follow it, which is why I'm bringing up the listening to instruction. It doesn't say be a cheat butt who just spends $5 on clothes and thinks that's being good with money. I know plenty of people who buy cheap things, but daily and don't know how to budget correctly. It's just as big of an issue as people who have much wealth spending a larger amount. It's just that money mindset, and it's called a poor money mindset. We don't need to be spending all we have, nor should we. Yes, we can save for the things that bring us a little joy or bring other people joy, and of course, to live and to move forward with our lives. But pretending to be good with our money just because you buy cheap things doesn't make you a good steward either. It's giving back to God what is already his. It's getting out of debt. It's utilizing what we've been given. And truly, I believe having some being built, that money being saved should be in good investments to grow. That's part of utilizing money. Not sitting in a drawer or seeing an extra $400 and spending it immediately because you can. And I'm again saying, no way, don't buy all the things. That's unreasonable to say you're not going to buy anything. But before making purchases, especially larger ones, start the budget. 
Listen to instruction of someone more wise in that area or your significant other as well and set up a way to feel good and know where your money is going each month so you can better tell it where to go rather than it's telling you where it's going and it tends to disappear more quickly that way. Number four, how to be wise with your money is to save and invest wisely. In Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, it reminds us of how the ants work hard during the plentiful summertime to store up food for the winter. We're going to have times of plenty and need to be wise with that abundant provision in order to be prepared for the possible not so plentiful future. In Proverbs 13, 11, it says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little by little will increase it. There's also a parable of talents that I want to talk about, where I not only refresh my memory by reading it, but really what the parable was about. In Matthew 25, Jesus speaks about how a master gave three servants money. While he was away, two of them invested in different ways, and one just hid it in the ground. So when this master came back, the two that invested had actually doubled their money and gave it back to their master. And the one who had put it in the ground, of course, only had that same amount to give back to him. The master turned away this servant and told him if he wasn't going to invest it to at least put it in the bank to gain interest, which I started laughing out loud when I read that. This part of the Bible has been interpreted more about playing it safe for Christ's coming rather than just money and and demand the kind of service that has results. But using money in this parable seems important because we're asked to not always just play it safe and hide our money in the ground, but use it as a gift to help it grow and at least put it in account to gain interest. So do you remember what I just said about utilizing your gift of money? It applies here too. Gather little by little by saving and investing and learn about this gift and grow it wisely with knowledge and consistent learning. It might be just our way to exchange, but it will also be a lifelong learning process to continue to grow. And number five of how to be wise with your money is not putting our hope in wealth. We can be wise with our investments, our savings, and our budgets, but we are called not to put hope in wealth. It's not an idol. It's simply a tool to be used. In 1 Timothy 6.17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Worship of money leads to ruin, but when money is used to honor the Lord, it is blessed, rewarded, and can accomplish much. I think it's such a delicate process to continually check yourself and your motives while building a solid financial portfolio. Because even King Solomon in the Bible said, you can't go life alone and expect to succeed. You need help and advice of others and seek counseling from the right people. And honestly, I've been convicted of this whole thing while studying the biblical teachings about money. I was definitely put in my place about how many times I was concerned about money, but how many times have I been concerned about the word of God this week? Honestly, it made me fall in love with this even more in this kind of episode because it sets me on fire and gives me some perspective and a lot of bit of accountability as well. In the verses about King Solomon, it makes it clear that seeking money before God is definitely a recipe for an unhappy life and seeking out God's blessing first is what leads to a blessed life. And ironically, this blessed life includes financial blessings too. 
I do have to suggest heavily to surround yourselves with people who are open about money too. Start with some simple goals, whether it's new savings account or different kind of account with higher interest, paying off debts, how to do that, or simply seeing your bank account grow. Then get people around you who will encourage smart money management. And if you're a Christian too, can find a fellow Christian who's open about it, awesome. We need to be able to talk about money and it's not an idol, but it's important to know how to manage it and have it work for you. Money isn't evil, but putting your self-worth and happiness into money, that's where it's becoming an idol and a problem. Part of our purpose is to protect our hearts here on earth as well. It's not money being a problem. It's when we idolize it or put it above all else that destroys. In 1 Timothy, it says to command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take a hold of life that is truly life. I really want to have this to be a conversation piece because as much as I don't ever want money to be an idol, it is still a part of our life and will be forever be a part of our life that is important to take control of. And this has really led to me studying these parts of the Bible again, and I'd really love to know what you think about God and money management. If I miss the mark or you have anything to add, please email me or let me know because I'd love to learn how we can sharpen one another as well. So as always, keep shining. Thank you so much for listening to The Shine Podcast. If you loved today's episode, share it with a friend. For show notes or any notes from past episodes, head to Davista Photography, that's D-A-V-I-S-T-A photography.com forward slash blog for downloads, codes, and more. And as always, be the light the world needs. Smile, sparkle, and shine.